You're listening to Clearing the Haze, episode number 77, Leadership Development Through Masterminds, with Aaron Walker. Keeping today's workplace drug-free should not be confusing. This is the Clearing the Haze podcast, giving you the tools you need to most effectively address drug and alcohol use and decreased productivity in the workplace while investing in your positive company image. Now, here's your host, Chuck Marting. People cannot be managed. Inventories can be managed. But people, they must be led. Ross Perot. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Clearing the Haze. I'm your host, Chuck Marting. And this week we have a special guest with us. We have Aaron Walker with Iron Sharpens Iron. Um, Iron Sharpens Iron is, is quite a unique mastermind group. Um, there's a lot of things that are involved with that. And um, I am in Iron Sharpens Iron uh, mainly because of Aaron and uh, him reaching out to me and conversations that we've had. And uh, it's been just a, a, a great experience for me. And I asked if we could have him on the podcast. He's very knowledgeable, business owner himself, and, and he's been in this uh, type of arena for quite a while, and he has a very unique insight for things. And so, Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Chuck. Man, thanks for having me on today. I'm pretty excited to be your guest, and I'm privileged, so thank you. As well as I am. I'm, I'm grateful to have you here today. Aaron, for those that, that don't know or aren't familiar with who you are, could you give us a short introduction and let them know? Yeah, I'll make it real brief. Uh, I'm a native Nashvilleian, 62 years, uh, three generations deep here now. You know, people say there's not many original Nashvilleians around, but uh, say I go back three generations is pretty cool. Married 42 years this week uh, to Robin. Two beautiful daughters, uh, Brooke and Holly. Brooke is the COO of our company. Get to work with her each and every day. Both my kids live within 10 minutes of me. I have five grandchildren, six to 20 years old. I can't even imagine having a granddaughter of 20. She just finished her first year in college. But, uh, yeah, I started out, you know, in a real working-class family. Opened my first business when I was 18, I won't take you through that whole process, but this is uh, a number of businesses that we've owned now over a 43-year period. You know, I've been an entrepreneur, self-employed since I was 18, and uh, about 12 years ago, I was in my mastermind uh, meeting with guys that meet here locally, and the name of our mastermind was the Eagles, and there were 10 businessmen in that group, and uh, I went in after I sold our last company and, uh, they said, what are you going to do now? And I said, I'm done. And they said, no, you're too young to be done. You need to coach. So I started coaching, started doing a few podcast interviews and Chuck, I turn around one day and look up, we've got 150 mastermind members. We're in about five different countries around the world now. Uh, but what's really exciting for me right now, it's got me amped up. We're opening three new groups. It's the first time in four years that we've opened up new groups. And so we're in the process of doing that now, and we're pretty excited. So we've got 15 groups presently, 150 members, and uh, God is good. He just keeps sending us amazing people just like you. And so we're excited to have you in Iron Sharpens Iron. You know, I was I was grateful for the invitation, and uh, it was something that I had 
uh, looked into prior to you talking to me and I was thinking about it. So it was, it was a, a great thing for me to be able to investigate that. And um, I got to tell you, it's been, uh, it's been great. I've learned a lot just in the short time that I've been in there with some yeah. of the men that are in there. And uh, to me, it's an incredible opportunity to masterminds in and of themselves are just incredible. I, I had belonged to another mastermind prior and my own personal growth and, and what I saw both professionally and personally, just, I, I knew that even being part of that mastermind that I'd always be a part of a mastermind just because sure. of those things that I was able to accomplish. You know, a funny story. I'll take you way back just for a second. If I can, uh, maybe 25 years ago, I was at a concert here in Nashville and there was a businessman there that I've been doing business with in the past. I was a sponsor of his show and uh, he walked up to me and he said, Hey, I want you to join my mastermind group. And I said, what is a mastermind group? <laughs> and he started laughing and he said, uh, Hey, just come to my office next uh, Wednesday morning. I'll introduce you to the guys that I've invited to be in the group. And I think you'll like it. So I come home and I tell Robin, I said, Robin, I don't want to go. Like, I know this guy is going to be all up in my business. He's going to be asking me personal questions and I don't want to go. And she goes, why don't you just go try it? So I did. I went, Chuck, and I sat there in the corner, you know, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Everybody introduced themselves. And week after week, these guys started letting this facade down. You know, they started uh, really showing who they were and they were sharing about problems with their spouse some of them had cash flow issues. Some of them had problems with their teenagers. And I was like, man, like they're really sharing, like, like they're telling like behind the curtains kind of stuff, you know? And I go home and I'm smiling real big. Robin goes, what is it? And I said, listen, they're more screwed up than I am. I have found my people. And she started <laughs> laughing and man, listen, I went every Wednesday for an hour and a half for about a dozen years in that group. And Chuck, it just changed my life. And so it was a natural thing to do when I started coaching, started doing a few podcast interviews and I had more people than I could coach. And so I went to Robin, I said, Robin, I'm going to do one mastermind group. And she goes, do you really want to do that? Like you've retired. And I said, no, I'm going to do one mastermind group. Well, Chuck, I did an interview and filled that group up and then kept doing interviews. I filled up two groups with one interview and I went to Robin and I said, Robin, I've got to start two more groups. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I said, I don't know. All these people just keep coming. And she goes, why do you think they're coming? And I said, well, we've owned a number of businesses. You and I have been married at that time over 30 years. And I said, uh, I think they want to really grow. And so she and I prayed about it, talked about it. We started it. Well, man, I kept doing these interviews and people kept coming. And then what we've formed now is a community. Like we have a brotherhood, right? And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep doing interviews. And if God keeps providing amazing entrepreneurs from around the world, we're going to keep adding groups. One of the men that were, was in that group with you um, is an incredible person. And, and I've gotten to um, build a relationship with him. And that's Dan Miller. Um, yeah. He's uh, been truly inspirational with a lot of things. And that was through him that you and I had met. Um, and so that, that was, um, something that I was very grateful for at the time. So one of the things that I have found that's been really unique with masterminds is the, um, being able to come to them, as you just said, and be, have full disclosure and not really have to worry about somebody 
you know, in my own company being in there and saying, you know what, we can't do that type of thing. These guys, um, you know, for a lack of a better term, I've always said, and I've I've told this to my wife before uh, about what I like about the mastermind is it's hard to read the label when you're inside the bottle. These guys are seeing things that, and maybe picking up on things that I didn't even think about. Yeah. And, well, that's our blind spots, Chuck. That's the reason we do what's called a duct tape session mm-hmm. to where you can't really say anything. Metaphorically, you've got duct tape over your mouth and people really talk about your superpowers because we need that encouragement. Mm-hmm. They point out, you know, your, your kryptonite and we discuss that. And then the thing that really sneaks up and bites us if we don't deal with it, and that's our blind spots. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be a blind spot, right? If you knew you had it. And so... A buddy of mine came up to me at church one Sunday, and he said, hey, I want to go to lunch with you Monday. And I said, sure. We went to lunch all the time together, so that wasn't nothing new. And so we would go to lunch, and he said, "Uh, I heard you tell a guy at church Sunday that you've been all over South America fishing. And I said, I have. He said, no, you haven't. He said, you've been down there twice. And I sat there and didn't say anything. And he said, "Uh, you really embellished that story. And I just sat there again and listened, you know, he said the Amazon chains like 4,000 miles and you've probably fished 25 miles of it. You said that so that it make you look like a big deal. Mm. And I just sat there and I was so mad, Chuck. I wanted to grab him. You know what he said that? Cause he had me, right? He had me. He said, you need to let your speech be authentic. It needs to be genuine. It needs to be accurate. And that's really stuck with me over all these years, you know, and that's really what the mastermind does. Other people have come up to me, you know, and said certain things and I'll go and tell the story. And I've caught myself decades ago embellishing the story, right? It was like, not exactly like that. I wasn't lying. I was just kind of making it interesting. Mm -hmm. And they said, that's a fancy way of lying. And I said, Well, you know, the other thing is, is that I'm pretty forward and you know that from being in the group, I'm pretty straightforward. And I had a tendency in my thirties, maybe even in my forties to be arrogant and pretty condescending. Matter of fact, you probably wouldn't have me on this podcast in my thirties because I was pretty arrogant because I had done pretty well in business. And I thought I was the golden child until I had some things humble me, kind of cut my legs out from under me. And it really made me look at things differently. And so people pointed out to me, hey, you can present yourself in a way that seems very condescending. It seems very arrogant. And I'm like, man, I better I better turn this ship around, you know, before that gets me in real trouble. See, but if people didn't know me and didn't love me, they wouldn't tell me. And so the benefit of being in these mastermind groups is that you're able to do life with people consistently. I went to lunch recently with a guy and I said, Hey, Billy, I said, uh, Robin and I are thinking about buying a condo in Southern Florida. And I said, uh, what do you think about that? And he thought a minute, he goes, yeah, big A, that'd be a good idea. And I said, why do you think it'd be a good idea? He said, well, first of all, you said you wanted to. And second of all, you've owned all these businesses and I'm pretty confident you could afford it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be a good idea. And I said, well, Billy, let me just be honest with you. Cause we, you know, knew each other a little bit, not real intimate, but we knew each other. And I said, the truth is you don't have a clue if I should buy that condo or not. And he looked at me, he goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, you don't know, Robin, you don't know my kids. You don't know my grandkids. Uh, you don't know 
financially, if I can afford this, you're making an assumption that I can afford this. You don't know my propensity. You don't know my background. You don't know my history. You don't know my goals, my ambitions. Uh, you don't know my dreams. You don't know my ability to go out and do things. And so the, the truth is you don't have a clue if it's a good idea, if I buy that condo or not. He goes, no, big A, I really don't. See, here's the thing. When you're in a mastermind group and you talk to people weekly, they know all those things about you. Now their advice matters. And see, we live in isolation because we don't want people to know those things about us. We don't want people to know that sometimes we argue with our spouse. Mm -hmm. Like Robin and I've been married 42 years. I tell everybody it's 30 happiest years of my life, right? There's a time in our marriage where it almost didn't make it. And there was times where I had cash flow problems and there was times where my children misbehaved. There was times that I had other relational issues in my life. But if you didn't know that your advice couldn't help me. And see, that's what the mastermind exposed to me, the Eagles group. Cause every week we would tell the truth. We would be vulnerable we would be transparent. And at that intersection is where real strength begins. Yeah. And now we know Chuck and we can help him because we're dealing on the factual data. We're dealing on the actual person. And now our advice matters. But what we do is we live in this isolation because we're afraid if they know those things about us, they won't like us as well. Or if they know these things about us, they won't invite us to the party. Or if they know these things about us, They'll keep arm's length distance. And the truth of the matter is there's an indelible impression you make on people when you're vulnerable. Mm. And so there is where you build real relationships. And so I just want to encourage your audience today, man, if you're living in isolation, get in a community, get in a group, be real with a small group of people, accountability, a mastermind, whatever you want to call it, board of directors, trusted advisors, whatever you want to call it. But you've got to have people that you meet with consistently so they can help you make these lifelong decisions. You know, that's incredible. I, us just coming out of COVID, for the most part, it really affected um, individuals in our industry quite a bit. You had some people that um, were able to stay open. You had other people. Um, we saw many uh, businesses fail during this time as well, sure. but we saw a lot of them, um, flourish as well. And I, I think that's because of some of the mentoring and guidance that some of them had with other people. We were blessed during that time. We were going to open a third office in Greeley, Colorado. And, and then all this happened. And so Stacy and I had had the money set aside and everything. We just kind of held on to it, saying, "Let's wait and see what happens with this." And then the owner of the the building that I'm in right now, he uh, came to Stacy and I, and he said, "Look, I'm going to sell the building. Are you guys interested?" And it ended up being the same amount of money that we would have put down to go towards this other office that was needed for this. Wow! So we were able cool? to do it and get a small business uh, loan for the the rest of the mortgage. But I think that. Um, one of the things that I was going to ask you with that isolation, how a lot of the people that we have in this industry are people that either have experience having been uh, in business before, or you have individuals that this is the first time they've ever been in business. Mm -hmm. When you have a vast amount of people from different backgrounds like that, 
What do you feel would be the most important place for them to start to build growth and to be able to learn um, the trade that they're in? Yeah, well, I'm a huge proponent in personal and professional development. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I wasn't, you know, quite honestly, when I was younger, uh, actually, when I went into that mastermind group, one of the guys in there said, hey, we're going to really dive deep into these uh, professional development books. And I said, I don't like to read. And he goes, I don't care if you like to read or not. If you're going to be in here, you're going to read these books and we're going to each take turns leading these books. And you're going to study these books because you just don't get better through osmosis where you just don't wake up tomorrow smarter than you are today. And that really put me on a trajectory that I've never slowed down. Uh, I heard uh, a very strong entrepreneur about three years ago say that they spend 10% of their gross income on personal and professional development. And I thought, man, that is a lot of money. So I went and pulled my profit and loss statement and the balance sheet, looked over them. I spend more than 10%. Mm-hmm. Conferences, blogs, books, courses, coaches, And I'm like, man, well, I don't feel so bad now, (laughs) you know, that I'm kind of in line with what this guy said that you need to do. So I think that you've got to be a constant student, even at I'll be 62 my next birthday. I'm a constant student. You know, I did an interview not long ago, and this guy said, you really impressed me being your age and still willing to learn. And I'm like, well, you know, it's not over until they lay me parallel. When they lay me parallel and six people put me in a hole, I'm done. But until then, right. The message is really the same, but the methodology always changes. And so for us, I think that the core nucleus of the way we run businesses, we start businesses, it all starts at the top for me as relationships matter most. And a lot of people are introverted. I'm quite honestly, you wouldn't never believe this because you know me. I'm a forced extrovert. Like I'm okay with being alone, being by myself, but I know in order to meet the people, networking, build the relationships that I've got to build, I've got to get out there because your net worth is dependent on your network. And so you've got to get out there and build these relationships with people. So for me, it's about a third of my time I'm spending building relationships. And so studying the other third of the time. And then the other third of the time is implementation because, you know, knowledge is worthless without implementation. And so you've just got to have a very succinct vision in which we create here and we review it annually. And we also share it with everybody that is on our team because where there is no vision, the people perish. And so we've got to be constantly putting the vision out Uh, We have a very systematized, methodical, regimented schedule, the way we do things. We focus on the task that we want to accomplish. Uh, We have a very narrow focus. You know, we want to be an inch wide and a mile deep. Uh, Most people are trying to do so many things. They're an inch deep and a mile wide, you know, and the shiny object syndrome comes in. So I think what you have to do is a real assessment of yourself. You have to find out what gives you energy. There's certain things, the administrative task, I loathe those things. I can't stand those things. So I give that to our team and I only do what gives me energy. And when you do that, it doesn't seem like work. And so you've got to do all this self-assessment. You've got to do these tests and find out where you're at. You know, I'm a challenger on the Enneagram, you know, I'm an eight. And so I'm a high D on the disc. Mm -hmm. I understand myself. I know who I am. 
And so once you really do these assessments, but here's the other thing, Chuck, it's hard to do this stuff alone, right? Because it takes a lot of work and we need that encouragement from other people. You know, when you get tired, I want to be able to borrow your energy and your strength to help me along the way. Because if I'm left to myself and there's no accountability, I'll kick the can down the road. I'll procrastinate. And then I'll end up wasting a lot of time. But when I know I've got to show up, show myself accountable to a group of people that I have said these things are important. I did an exercise about uh, seven years ago, and I had to present to my mastermind group as though my life were five years forward. Mm -hmm. So I had to stand up and say, hey, today is this year. I have accomplished this. I'm driving this kind of car. I'm making this kind of money. I've made these kind of investments as though it had already happened. So I created a program called Come As You Will Be in 2023. So we have three years. You're involved in that program. You know exactly what it is. Relationally, personally, professionally, physically, and financially, you have to create aspirational goals and you have to present to your group as though it has already been accomplished at the end of 2023. So now you own it. Now you're like, hey, I have said these things are important. My group knows it. They're going to ask me the questions. So to answer your question that you asked earlier, I've been a little bit around the world answering it, but it's getting clear. It's getting clarity on what you want and then devising a plan and a strategy to accomplish that. And then studying the material, TED Talks, blogs, podcasts, interviews, coaching, mastermind groups, accountability groups. And once you get those things in your life, quite honestly, it's not that hard to be successful. It's truly not that hard. Very true. I, I, I think another thing that a lot of people miss is that success leaves clues. There's people that are around you or people that are around you that know people that if you're not in a mastermind or you're not being coached or something like that, you can find a mentor. You can find somebody that, I mean, I have a lot of people here on Clearing the Haze that call us after these podcasts and um, I, I gladly will sit down and talk to them and help them sure. with some of their things. You know, I'm not looking at them um, as my competition as much as I want them to succeed too. Sure. You know, I, I, I can't, I'm here in Colorado. Even I, there is no way in the world that I would be able to have all the drug testing in this state. No, I, I'm only one person, you know, yeah, so, you have an abundance mindset. Yes. See, in the other way, uh, they, they've got a scarcity mindset and yes. the more you share, the more you help, the more you train, the more you teach, you know, the irony of that is, is that natural reciprocity. Other people want to help you. They want to be around you. They want to connect you. When I was in the construction industry, we built high-end residents and small commercial properties. And we started the Master Custom Builder Council. And we had locally here in Nashville, 10 builders that were the elite builders in Nashville. And we were competitors. And we formed an organization. And we met once a month at the bank boardroom. And we shared best ideas, best principles. We bought in bulk together. We did a parade of homes each year that we raised money for charity. In the last year that I owned that construction company, there were 10 builders in there. We did $115 million in business. Everybody's business rose and we were competitors. And you're like, why would you do that? Well, see, because I believe that if I get to know people 
and I encourage them and I help them, they're not going to cut my legs out from under me Monday through Friday because I know them and we're going to meet again at the, in this coming week. There was plenty of business here. No, no, those 10 builders couldn't do all the business that there is here in Nashville. They became friends. We traveled together. Actually, we came out to Colorado. We played golf out there, and uh, that was really fun. It, it, we get we got to know each other. Hmm. And so uh, people are like, man, there's no way I would do that. There's no way I would. See, I would do that. And people call me all the time, and they say, hey, Big A, I follow you on Facebook. I follow what you're doing, like your videos, listen to you on your podcast. But I've just got to be honest with you. They say, I want to do exactly what you're doing. I want to coach and I want to have a mastermind. And I say, praise the Lord. Come on, man. I'll teach you everything I know. Matter of fact, I created a book called the Mastermind Playbook where I teach people step-by-step what we do. I want to help you. Listen, there's seven and a half billion people, right, on the planet. I got 150 of them. I can get that many at my house for a party, right? So that's not many people. So the more I can share and teach people how to grow personally, professionally, spiritually, every area of your life to where you're balanced, all I'm doing is really uh, creating more of an environment for our purpose and our mission to be shared with hundreds and even thousands of people. And so, man, Chuck, keep up that abundance mindset. I, I've learned early on from having a great grandmother that would just sit down and walk me through things. And and I, I learned that. And I I can tell you what has been amazing for me in what you're talking about with um, transparency within a mastermind. Some of these guys I haven't even known very well. And I had, um, I was presenting to um, some CEOs of, of a, of a hospital chain. And one of the guys that's in our group says, I know a guy that's a CEO here. He says, let me have him talk to you so that you kind of get an idea of some of the things, some of the pain points that they have. I walked in there. I didn't even know that, but to see guys that are so willing to have resources and just willingly say, Hey, here you go. You know, that's incredible, especially in the world that we live in right now. Um, I think a lot of times people will look at other people as their competition. And what I've tried to explain is, is yeah, they, they're in the industry. They're making money with you. But yeah. there may come a time when I have somebody that is there that I need help with. Sure. That I can, I'd rather reach out to you and say, hey, can you take this for me and give you the money knowing that they're going to be taken care of? And vice versa. And I, I think that's what a lot of people miss in in the world that we're in today is the ability um, to be not only transparent, but also, um, for lack of a better term, just love each other. I, you know, and that's, that's the thing is, is that if you really genuinely try to help other people, like, no, I'm not talking about to gain something. There's this natural desire on their part mm-hmm. to want to repay that we we've helped the connecting is huge for me i love to connect and we've made so many connections and help people so much sometimes we find it difficult to get back to all the people that they're connecting me with you see people are so afraid you're going to share the secret sauce and you're going to get my customer. I can't tell you how many masterminds have been birthed mm-hmm. as a result of the members being in Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind. 
one of the biggest advocates that I have today came in very skeptical and I opened the books. I showed him, I taught him. Now he, he's like singing our praises because we taught him how to do what he's doing, right? It just makes everything much more comfortable when you have that abundance mindset. And I, and I think the other point that you brought up, Big A, that I really love is the ability to know that, that your learning doesn't stop once you think you've, mm. you, once you think you know the game. Mm. You got to keep on going. It's, it's kind of like the metaphor of, you know, you can go down the road on a bike. I, I, you know, my, five, my, my oldest son, when he was riding a bike, I could, I could sit there and push behind him, give him the momentum and let go, and he would just go and then fall over. And yeah. then you'd be like, you know, sweetheart, you gotta, you gotta pedal, you gotta get right. that momentum. You can't stop, or you're gonna fall over. And, and right. learning how to do that in business is is right. crucial too. I, I I think that that's a lot of frustration for a lot of people not understanding yeah. how business goes and how to do it because we're we're not taught in school. Nobody teaches you how to how to do a business. You kind of go through the school hard knocks yourself. So yeah. Um, yeah. E-Myth is a great book and a great resource mm-hmm. for people. Michael Gerber wrote, it's a classic. It's been around a long time, but it can really help you. I want to share a quick story. I was at a conference a couple of years ago, and Jeff Hoffman was there speaking. He's one of the founders of Priceline.com, and he's a multi-billionaire. And after his talk, he was very gracious, and he stuck around. I talked to him out in the hall for a moment. And one of the things that he said has really resonated with me over the past few years. Uh, He said that 10% of everything he reads each day has no bearing whatsoever on things that he has an interest in. Hmm. And I'm like, you got to help me understand that. He said the, the really cool thing though, is the majority of his greatest ideas come out of that 10% reading. And here's why. It opens new avenues. See, we don't know what we don't know. Hmm. And when you read things that have no bearing whatsoever in what you're interested in, it opens up so many new opportunities. See, that's the greatest thing about being in a mastermind. The number one asset from being in a mastermind is the other perspective. And when you get someone else's perspective, and Chuck, I bet you're like me, I can get out of the shower and I've got three new business ideas, right? I can just get out of the, I need a whiteboard in my shower. I get out of my shower and I would go to the mastermind group, you know, the one you were referring to with Dan in, and I would be all excited because I'm an animated guy. I've got high energy and I'd walk in the room. I'd always get there before everybody. I had a key to get in the building. I'd make coffee and I'd be excited, you know, to share my new idea. And I would share it. And one of the guys would go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Or somebody like Dan Miller would go, hold on, wait a minute. If we do this and we give this resource and we introduce you to this person and you modify this just a little bit, you may be onto something. And I'm like, I didn't know to know those people. I didn't know to get those resources. I didn't know to modify that. And it opens up a whole new discussion. You see, we only have one filter. We only have one life experience. No matter how hard you want to see something differently, you can't. But when you present your idea in a safe environment, there's so many other perspectives that people can give you. There's no way 
I would have had any level of success that I've had if I hadn't have subjected myself to the scrutiny of other people for dozens of years now. And so if I was operating alone, I can only see it one way. It is so powerful. I, that is, um, you know, what, what we need to understand, uh, what, with what big a is sharing with us is this is literally life changing. Um, even just going into a mastermind and, and just listening, like you had explained earlier, and just kind of sitting back, you're going to catch what's going on. You get that feeling. You know what's going on. And it's like I've told my kids when they were growing up. I said, you know, when you get put in a situation, you know what's right and what's wrong. You yeah. feel it down yeah. in your soul. You yeah. know whether you should continue or not. And I think that is the experience that a lot of people in our industry yeah. need to understand and feel is that um, there are people that are like-minded that are out there that want you. So to can I go down a little list of things that maybe people listening could filter through to help them understand how they can choose a group? Please. A lot of people say, man, yeah, I would love to be in something like that, but I don't even know where to begin. So some things that I've learned over the years, and I'll just highlight a couple of them. First of all, people have to earn your trust. Okay, you can't just carte blanche, go into a group and spill your guts and air all your dirty laundry until they've proven that they're confidential. And so that takes time, right? You can't just go in there and go, okay, you're going to be honest. And I know I don't know you from Adam, but here's all my dirty laundry. Don't do that, right? Have some common sense and go slow. Okay, you dole it out a little bit at a time. And then you discover they're confidential. They're not going to use it against you. They can be trusted. So the next thing that I think you need to do is you need to understand that their core values, for the most part, the members of the group have to align with yours. Because if you have different core values, and I'll just go over those, my personal core values, and I said one of them earlier, for me, there again, I say this with the greatest of humility, but I've owned 14 businesses over the course of 43 years. And my number one value always has been relationships matter most. 100%. I don't care if you're selling a widget or providing a service. If the people don't matter to you, there's a problem. And so for me, the relationship always matters most. I want to make it amazing. It's not always amazing, but it's as amazing as I know how to make it at that current time, right? Mm -hmm. If I know better and don't do it, it's against my values. And so I've got to make it as amazing as I know how. The third one is a real pet peeve for me. No excuses. I hate excuses. I don't want excuses. Don't give me excuses like ever. Don't give me an excuse. Just own it. Like just man up and own it. There was a, guy called me a couple of weeks ago and I looked down at my phone. As <clears throat> soon as I saw his name, I knew. Answered the phone. He goes, hey, Big A, we still meeting? And I said, yep, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Starbucks is 10 minutes from my house. And so I hung up and I drove up. I, I, didn't, I didn't put it in my calendar. I just forgot. I just didn't put it in. And I walked in and I said, uh, hey, Todd. And he said, hey, and I said, uh, man, I got a great, great reason that I'm late. He goes, oh, big A, it's not a problem. I said, no, uh, let me just tell you, I forgot. And he started laughing. 
He goes, I knew you'd tell me straight up, Big A. I said, I just forgot you. That, that, that's the excuse I have. And so no excuses. The fourth core value for me is everything is figure outable. Like everything. People tell me all the time, there's no way. Well, just sit down right over there just for a minute. I'm about to show you how we're going to get this thing done. Like no excuses. We'll figure it out. Now, it may not look exactly like you wanted to, right? But we pivot. We get other ideas. We get insight. We get perspective, right? We'll figure this thing out. And then finally, my last core value is truth before opinion. And for me, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. And truth is established through God's word. And that's where I draw a line in the sand. I say, hey, this is truth for me, right? And this is where I'm going to base. Like your opinion matters. And I want to hear your opinion. Your opinion matters. But I'm going to run it through these 66 books. And if it doesn't align with those 66 books, uh, I'm probably not going to do it, right? Because that's truth for me personally. That doesn't mean everybody listening to me, that's truth for you. I'm just telling you what my core values are. So when I go out looking for people, I want people to somewhat align with those core values. Because if we have different worldviews, 180 degrees, we have no premise spiritually whatsoever. There is no room for that. It's like, I'm probably not going to be in a group long-term taking advice from somebody that they're basic premise of their core values don't align with mine, making lifelong decisions. And so you just got to be careful where you're at to be sure whatever you believe, however you believe, align with your personal core values. That is something that I have found um, surprising with a lot of people where they just have not, they have not even thought about core values or even know what they are at first. And yeah. I, I think what you just laid out was very, very helpful. And I'm hoping that I'll be able to uh, put that in the show notes. So those of you that weren't able to write it down real quick, you'll at least get those really, really good. Um, understanding that leaders um, are, are have held to that standard as well. And it's that 100% accountability type thing that if you're going to, if you're going to lead, you got to lead by example. Yeah, no, you do. And you have to be willing to subject yourself to the scrutiny of the group. Yeah. Because in iron sharpens iron, like if you carry your feelings around on your shoulder and you can't take it on the chin, well, you probably don't need to be in that group because we're about getting it done. Like I want to move the ball down the field, right? I, I want us to be successful. Like we're not a mastermind group that just talks about catching fish and how much beer did you drink and what ball game did you go to? It's like, you know, that's fun. We'll talk about some of those things, but I want to move the needle. Like I've got a responsibility as a husband, as a dad, as a grandfather, as the president and CEO of a company. Like I want to live my life to its fullest. Like, I don't know if y'all fully realize this. This is not a trial run. Like, this is our life right now, right? And I want to maximize that in every area of my life. And the only way that I have found for me to maximize my life is to be in community. I just think we were created to be in community. We weren't created to be in isolation. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. You've given us a lot to think about. (laughs) There's a lot there. Um. 
I know that your time is short, and I, I appreciate you spending time with us here on Clearing the Haze and and sharing um, your knowledge about masterminds. It's something that I've talked about before, and it's refreshing to have somebody else come in and, and to be able to share those same type of ideas and values and what it is that a mastermind is. So thank you for, for doing yeah, that. Yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. I love the name, too, Clearing the Haze. Don't we need clarity, right? And we can't have clarity when there's a haze. Yeah. I love that. Well, Great choice you. of names. Thank you. One of the things that, that I want to do, um, Big A, is that I um, had read, and not only did I read, but I also downloaded your book, um, View from the Top, Living a Life of Significance. And one of the things that I'm wanting to do is I'm going to be giving away uh, to our listeners um, some copies of that because I think it's important that um, they have a continued understanding of some of the things and principles that you've taught. And um, I think it's going to give them a very clear understanding of, of who you are and what you stand for if they haven't already received that today. So thank you. Um, yeah, you know, thank you. That. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. The other thing that I wanted to do is I always, um, in my podcast, and, and you probably don't know this, but I I end my podcast by asking you a question, and I'm sure you'll be able to answer this. So if you and I were to go out to lunch and, and we're eating, what is the one thing right now um, that's got you excited that you're reading or that you would look at me and say, Chuck, you have got to read this? What would that be? Yeah, you know, I've read a book uh, just recently. It's funny that you asked that question. It's called Stolen Focus. Hmm. Johan Hare wrote it. And in the book, it really is disturbing, quite honestly. And it's about how social media, big tech, has stolen our focus. And it certainly heightens your awareness of the dopamine hits that this endless scrolling is creating in our lives. And it's it's addicting. And I'm fearful for our children and for our grandchildren. Um, I'm fearful for myself. You know, I went on a sabbatical back uh November and December of last year. And I'm embarrassed to admit this, but it's true. So I'll just tell it. I'm transparent always. But uh, I looked at my phone because I was going to unplug. Like for two months, I unplugged literally from everything. Phone, social media, work, my team, ISI. I unplugged, like literally went dark. In the last day, I looked at my phone and uh We have a decent following on social media, so I'm constantly texting people or commenting. And that week, I picked up my phone 1,045 times in one week, 1,045 times. And I went in and told Robin, I said, I've got got a problem. I mean, that's a problem. And uh, I read the book, and I understand the problem. Even when I was on sabbatical, I have two phones, one, everybody's got the number two and one, that there's only three people got the number two. And so that's the one I carried during the sabbatical. There's no, I don't do anything on that phone, but three people, my wife and my two daughters have that phone number so they can get me. And I caught myself standing in line at the grocery, grabbing that phone. And I had no reason to grab the phone Hmm. and I could feel it vibrating in my pocket. And it wasn't. And I said, you know what? We got to, we got to be mindful of what's going on in our world today. And we've got to monitor that. And we've got to put parameters around those things. We got to build guardrails. We got to have boundaries. 
And it's something that we really need to pay attention to, because if we don't, I'm afraid it'll take us in that abyss, that black hole, and uh, it'll be difficult to get out. So I'm excited that I read it and I've been sharing it with other people. And I highly recommend reading Stolen Focus by Johan Harray. Wow. I will uh, have that in the show notes as well. So if people are wanting to go to that and to be able to um, purchase that, I would highly recommend that as well. I haven't read it, but I will. So. Yeah, I'm not a proponent for everything that's said in the book. So there's some things in there you're like, ah, oh, Big A recommended this. You know, I mean, you've got to take the good and uh, throw away the bad, right? Yeah. So keep that in mind when you're reading anything. Well, Big A, before we end, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you and to just to let you know um, how much you are appreciated and how you have changed the lives of, of a lot of people being able to share what it is that, that you've experienced. And um, it's changed my life. It's helped me uh, become a better man and a better person and to desire to um, share that with other people. And in, in the world that we live in today, it, it's hard to find people that are so willing um, to help and to change people. And so I want you to know that what you're doing is making a difference and it will continue yeah. to make a difference. And I wanted to thank you for that. Uh, Chuck, that's very heartfelt. Thank you. Uh, made my day, right? So we're at the end of the day and this is a really good feeling that you've just left me with. So thank you for that encouragement. Thank you. Thank you. So I will, those of you that are listening, clearing the haze, I will have contact information for Aaron Walker for you to be able to get a hold of him, information on uh, Iron Sharpens Iron, his mastermind group, the one that I belong to as well. Um, it's an incredible opportunity, something that I would highly recommend if it's something that you've been debating. I would I would get on there and get with Aaron and talk to see if this is something that you should be doing. So until next week when we release another episode of Clearing the Haze, remember, it's your vision, it's your dream, and it's your business. Take care.